it's story time, I guess. Um, I didn't really think that I'd feel like talking much after a nice hot shower. Um, I still count my blessings, because sometimes when I'm in the shower, I think about, like, times when I didn't have one. So, I mean, like, I'm grateful for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't feel like talking, but anyway, um, it's story time. I don't know. I don't know how to segue into the story, because like I said, I'm, I'm a pretty bad storyteller. Um, but part of the series was always supposed to be um, story time with Chak Chell. I don't know where Chuck Chell's at, actually. Um, she's a funny lady. She, like, she shows up, you know, um, randomly and does things and then leaves me. But, <laughs> but, um, she's, she's not here, so I'm gonna tell the story. Um, me, and I'm still kind of iffy about giving my name, like, my actual name away to people. Like, I don't tell anybody my actual, like, my legal name unless they, unless I have to. Um, I think I did tell, like, at least part of the story where I got stuck at the border once and they made me, like, state my, my legal name out loud. <laughs> and that was, like, the only time I think I've ever said it out loud besides, um, to, to the court judge. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, I think that's, that's my favorite, um, secret of all the secrets that I've collected. Um, which is like a, a, a mounting amount of information, which surprises me. Um, I think as a kid, I was like, I was pretty bad at keeping secrets unless it was like my own. But <laughs> but now I'm like the best at it. Um, so, oh my God, it's 11 o'clock again. That's nuts. But it always takes forever to go to Manhattan. So uh, let's see. Uh, I guess I'll do bedtime stories at 11 o'clock. Cause that's what time bedtime is. Um, oh my god! <laughs> like I said, I have this lady in the room next door. I said it on one of these recordings. I don't know what, I don't know what order this season is gonna come out in at all. I don't know when it's gonna come out. Um, but yeah, no, I talked about the lady that lives next door. That sounds like sometimes almost exactly like the character Hillary on Fresh Prince, and that shit like blows my mind. Most of all. Because people in New York don't sound anything like people in California. And um, Hillary, Hillary on Fresh Prince, this is like a segue. This is not a segue, this is a side story. I don't know, this is, I'm distracted. Uh, I'm also multitasking, um, putting my things away so that I can enjoy um, my Whole Foods takings. I'm gonna have Chris sandwiches, and I'm really excited about that. Because um, I've been letting myself eat bread. Because I got like, I have like a. I have a six-pack, kind of. I have, I have whatever. I have, like, definition in my ab abdominal muscles that is, like, new to me. It's, like, a new development. <laughs> so every time I see that shit, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's different. and just good-looking. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to have bread every day, but I, I realize that, like, it's not going to really hurt, you know, unless I take it too far. So croissant, which is it is. Um, I was doing keto for a minute, but that, like... I don't know, I really hate my roommate, and so fucking, I have a, I have an issue with, like, anxiety, and when I, when I'm an anxious all the time, around this, like, black hole vampire of a fucking being, um, like, it, like, I can't, I can't do anything on the, like, I already have a hard enough time, like, just getting, like, focusing, and then just, like, tuning her out, but, like, to not, to also be, like, in ketosis, which in the very beginning stages is, like, a really low energy it's almost like a sleepiness before you get that like kick you have to be in you have to be on keto for like a week 
and everybody's different but for me i have to be on keto for like maybe like a week and a half before like i get the high energy boost but before that there's like three days three four days of being like sluggish and sleepy i think they call it like keto i can't can't remember but when you first go into keto you're just fucking like it's hard to focus anyway and then just having like a a vibration around you that's not very pleasant is even worse um so i i took myself out of keto to like for my own sanity for my mental sanity um like for my like to stay preserved because i'm really into like self-care lately especially because it's winter or it's about to be and uh i don't really want to I don't really want to struggle with, um, what's it called? With the change of the seasons thing. There's, like, an actual, like, clinical term for it, but I, I, I just don't want to struggle with it. Um, you know, it's, it's probably an inevit- inevitability, but either way. Um, yeah, no, this lady sounds like Hillary from Fresh Prince. <laughs> it cracks me up, unless I'm trying to, like, focus or record, um, which is always lately, but, yeah, no people from new york don't sound most for the most part like any anything at all um sorry multitasking um like people from california um so i had to i had to you know like sometimes the curiosity does kill the cat but for the for the most part like if i'm curious about something like i have to ask um so i'm like where are you from and she was like staten island and (laughs) i've been reading about new york's demographics because it wasn't until um it wasn't until I started like apartment searching that I realized that um and I've said this before but I'll say it again just to reiterate how fucked up this country can be because of its racist history is that New York is the most diverse city in the United States of America but it's also the most segregated um so that really says something about how people of different uh, cultures and backgrounds like see each other because mostly people want to stay with people who look like them and who act like them it's like a cultural thing but it's also very racial because when it comes to like apartment hunting like they're like they don't really um <laughs> they don't want like black people in middle manhattan like they want to push everything dark to like the corners of the the island or even like you know to a to the next city to the next borough <laughs> you know they, they don't you know um they don't like that but anywho I had to ask, but just because, I, like, sometimes I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, where are you from? I've never heard anybody in New York that sounds like this. And she's from Staten Island. I read that Staten Island has, like, the mo- the highest concentration of, like, <laughs> of just, you know, Caucasians. Um, and I guess I have to go ahead and disclaim that I'm not, like, a, uh, like, I'm not officially racist. I'm just as racist as the next person. Because it is kind of like a, a normalcy, at least being from this country to have like a little bit of racial bias we won't call it racism we'll call it racial bias um to think that a certain uh you know a person of a certain color is going to act or think a certain way and so you know having that like initial judgment of something by the color of their skin is very very common we won't call it racism we'll just call it a racial bias because it exists um and it's you know i've dealt with it my whole life being biracial or post-racial but that's something that i made up just to um like exist with myself um is that yeah people judge you by the color of your skin before you even open your mouth so they expect you to act or think or talk a certain way just based on how you look um but this this for me was all about this how this lady sounds i'm like holy fuck dude like sound like hillary from fresh prince um and it cracks me up like i said until it doesn't like holy shit that's that's a real valley girl um and uh, I've been kind of homesick lately, too, missing California. 
um, in ways that I probably shouldn't, because California is like a really also like not great like it's not it's not really a an awesome place to live in poverty, but nowhere is an awesome place to live in poverty. Um, but yeah, I've been homesick for the West for a, you know a few reasons, um, and that's probably just the the season setting. And I can't remember what the story was about. Oh yeah, no, here we go. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about um, this girl named Tammy lately. I don't know why. Um, I don't even know if this is like a full story, but it is um, because I've been thinking about this girl named Tammy lately, and. Um, I should probably stop multitasking to actually tell this story I just realized, but I, I can't really do anything unless I'm organized. So I'm going to try and tell this story the best that I can. Um, this girl named Tammy, she um, hates me, apparently, I think, because um, of everything that like went down between, like, I don't know, I have like weird, bittersweet memories about Anander, because I loved Anander as a, as a, like a person, and like obviously a human being as much as you can call like a very magical fucking person like that I, I don't know sometimes it's like you, you see things that you can't believe and even though that you're experiencing them it's still hard to like place like how in the world could something like that happen like you must be you must be an alien or a, or a magician or some kind of fairy and I mean as as much like playing with these terms um that we can use like that was probably like the most excellent demonstration of magic I've ever seen um, in, in somebody that's actually disguised as a human being or whatever. Um, but all this stuff, um, I have this, I have bittersweet memories, but I still think about this girl, um, Tammy, who I had, like, the biggest crush on. Um, <laughs> I've talked about this, too, my bisexuality, like, I, I pretty much considered myself bisexual from the time that I was, like, born, <laughs> you know, like, conscious of it. I didn't really have, like, I'm, I'm considerably non-binary now um so I guess that's what it always was but I just was always like um like I guess as far as sexuality is concerned and not necessarily in the gender spectrum of it was always had like a bisexuality about me but the older I got the more that went away um and I guess like the more social like dating and and like actual sexuality became um like, it just didn't, it just still doesn't suit me. Like, it's very, very rare for me to actually be attracted to a female. Very rare. Um, like, so rare that, it, like, that it's not even, I can't even really call it, like, a sexual attraction. It's more of just, like, a, a deep admiration, um, you know, for a person. But this girl named Tammy um, that I met in this um, little Mexican village in which the entire fourth season of, uh, like, the legend takes place. Um, legends. I think this is where legend. I think legends itself, the actual like, um, what's it called? I'm. I haven't really been in writer's world. I mean, I've been like writing every day. I've mostly been like doing the music thing. Um, but I need to find balance between all of the things that I do. Otherwise, I'm like not really gonna like progress. And that's starting to scare me because I'm 30, and like it's, it does. It does scare me a lot to think that like. Uh, if I don't, if I don't do this now, um, then I will never do it, or it'll never get done, so, um, yeah, I've been trying to have as much balance in all of my fields, in all of my, you know, as much mastery as I can possibly attain as a jack-of-all-trades, which is almost a hypocritical state, like, that's a hypocrisy to think that, like, you can actually master being a jack-of-all-trades, like, there's no, there's no really such thing, uh, you know, you can really only be, like a master 
um, at one thing. So I mean, like I call that one thing like a a broad spectrum. Like I'm a master in entertainment, um, or you know. But I mean, like still, there's a lot of ground to cover in that. And being like a writer, a musician, and whatever else I am, I, I know there's a third thing. I know there's a third thing, um, but right now it's just not gonna. It's not gonna dawn on me until after this recording. I know it's one of those things. Um, I'm I'm always in a weird mood after getting back from Manhattan. Manhattan has the weirdest energy, and I love it. I love Manhattan. Um, if I if I can say that I love any part of this city, it's Manhattan. But I also hate it in that same respect that it's just like where all the people with the money are so i'm like <laughs> people look at me like i look at the sewer rats i'm like ew <laughs> and that's how they're like ew i'm like yeah sorry um yeah people with money are funny um which i guess is part of the story yeah i've been thinking about tammy i'm gonna sit down <laughs> i'm thinking about tammy and um tammy tammy was like the like I don't know, the the epitome of just, like, beautiful to me. In fact, so beautiful that the first thing I ever said to this woman, um, when we we hadn't even met yet or been properly introduced, it was just, like, one of those, um, if you've been listening to the show and you've been, and you have any familiarity at all um, with the sense of how the seasons have gone, it was in the fourth season on around the, the actual like the longest episode ever the one where i was accidentally recording at the um at the architecto and then it just like recorded everything from that moment like it's like it's like i shut my computer but it stayed recording and then i opened my computer back at um lanada and it just caught everything um so it was around the time of what i called at the time like the longest day because it really was it was just like a day that rolled into night that rolled into day but it was it just was like one everlasting day where all this like really atypical magical ridiculous shit happened (laughs) and um yeah i was just like trailing behind a nander who showed up pretty much out of nowhere um (laughs) this is this is this is a summary of what happened i was crying in a hammock about dylan francis i was literally crying my eyes out (laughs) in a hammock in fucking coastal mexico and i was like fuck this i can't do this anymore i'm just gonna fucking uh i'm gonna go get coffee so (laughs) i texted my friend shawl or palm as they called him and i was like yo where are you at like can i come over for coffee um, cause I usually used to go over to his, his hammock. <laughs> it wasn't even his place. We just had a random hammock in this village in Mexico where people, people don't really necessarily even need a place to stay. Like all you need is a hammock and like a, two posts to tie it to. And, um, I, I don't know. Some people would know the, the place that this is. Um, but I don't know. I, I just kind of want to preserve it because it does get, it already is season, seasonally touristy. So, I mean, there are like waves of tourists that come and like fuck the whole magic of the place up like yearly. But the locals depend on that. Um, they depend on that for their economy. You know, when the tourists come, you know, the price of the coconut goes up a lot. <laughs> um, you know, and the locals get to doing their artisanal shit. And that's that's how it is, you know? Even the price of an empanada increases. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit secretive about the places where I've been that I actually like plan to double back to that I have like a, 
I don't know. I just have kind of like a weird connection to this place because all these weird, strange, magical things happened in this place. Um, and I really, I, I like that place. So I, I want to kind of be able to go back to it and, and have the perseverance of that magic there without it being like... Like I said, I don't I don't understand the numbers on this podcast, but some of the some of the episodes get downloaded a lot, you know? And just because it's you know, I can't see all of the numbers. So just because it's only downloaded once, it doesn't mean that it's not distributed by someone in some way like in an, in another way. You know, once it gets downloaded to somebody's computer or a phone, like it can be passed from hand to hand, and I think that's kind of what's been happening otherwise it does like otherwise there are certain things that happen to me in my own world that are not explainable um but i'm trying to tell this story about tammy because i've been thinking about her a lot lately and she was just like the most beautiful being like you know to me um to the point where hold on i'm about to ha- try have to have a conversation with somebody else um i don't know um there's a part of this series that's supposed to be um, Chak Tell's bedtime stories because in the um, festival project, which is basically just like a, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, um, it's like an ensemble. It's like a, it's like, it's like a mix between like a, a what's it called? Sketch comedy and like a sitcom where it's like sometimes there's a scene with people that have never been seen before and they will arguably never be seen again those characters could make that like it's enter the multiverse so you you jump in and out of different dimensions um and i hope i'm not saying too much because i have had like bits and pieces of this the festival project which is my intellectual property um and at least preliminarily copyrighted and trademarked to me um you know i have had but you know because i don't have that much money i have had bits and pieces of it like stolen which is just kind of also the more that i learn about the entertainment industry like that shit's normal like oh you had an idea but i had the money like guess what is my idea um you know and there's nothing you can do um sometimes about those kinds of things so i've just been like crossing my fingers and hoping you know or like I could be one of those, I think it's Shakespeare or like a lot of people that like just didn't, like nobody ever really liked them when they were alive. And then after they're dead, I think it's Shakespeare and like a bunch of other fucking artists. Like a bunch of other fucking artists. I think, I, I even feel like even though Avicii had like a bunch of fans during his fucking time as a superstar DJ, I feel like he's one of those people that like a lot more people listen to his music after he died because he died and that happens all the time um with legacy artists and icons it's just like oh shit like what are the odds that this fucking illuminati artist fucking (laughs) died and then their album is released you know um so i might be one of those like to know avail um (laughs) at least with like my written works just that it's like oh like all of this untapped energy all of this poetry and all of this like all of these lyrics are like untouched until i die or you know whatever the traditional sense of the word death is um like i leave this this part of existence behind for something else um so hopefully something more attractive and um yeah no and uh, then, you know, then everybody's like, oh, this is cool, like, you know, and somebody picks it up and produces it. I've, I've thought that about myself for a while. 
I'm actually just, now I'm just, like, waiting for this lady to open the door and make sure that I'm still in here. Um, which they do every night at 11, because I hear them down the hall. Um, but, yeah, no, I guess I'll just keep talking. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh, legacy artists and <laughs> how sometimes you just die before fucking your shit hits. Um, and I'm kind of like in the opposite. Like if somebody dies and I've never heard of them, like now is not the time for me to be like, oh, what was this guy about? <laughs> um, you know, at all. So if you die and then I hear about you, like I'm probably never going to listen to your music unless it's on accident, <laughs> you know, because um, I just don't. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I think it's weird when people do that. Um, I thought it was weird when Michael Jackson died. And I was in Africa when Michael Jackson died. And, like, the whole fucking... Every, I, I, I still don't... under. There's still no, like, logic to how all of a sudden, like, everybody was selling Michael Jackson shit. This is Africa. Like, it's in the middle of fucking Africa. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson flags, Michael Jackson, all his albums, all his CDs, because it's Africa and they still listen to CDs. Fucking all his shit was, like blown up everywhere and i was like how the fuck did this even happen he died like today and all of a sudden like all the michael jackson shit in the world was on sale and his albums went from like 20 dollars in the itunes store to like 50 and like it, i don't know that shit was nuts to me but i luckily or unluckily because i remember just being real fucking sad um <laughs> and even thinking then like I was like, damn, like, I really wanted to work with Michael Jackson. And that, that's me being, like, a selfish narcissist about his fucking passing. It's not even really thinking about, like, <laughs> the rest of it. I was just like, oh, I really wanted to work with him. But I was, like, super sad uh, <laughs> when he died. And then, like, went out into, like, the Africanness of the Africa. And fucking everybody was like, yo, Michael Jackson this, Michael Jackson that. I was like, how? Like, how is that even possible? Um... But yeah, no, that was that was nuts. Um, so yeah, if an artist dies before I make it to fucking having discovered their like plethora of music, no matter how much it is, um, there's a very good chance that at least they're like, I I unless they're like a super duper legend, um, like oh, this is the inventor of fucking this genre, or you know, like this this person was a staple in this fucking field there's a very small chance like especially like rappers you know like oh this rapper's dead and i'm just like i'm not surprised i listen to a lot of drill music and <laughs> these kids are not nice um to each other um and have guns so yeah that that um but yeah it's not gonna make me like listen and i'm even tentative as a dj about like playing dead people's shit just because it's like it's an energy um and i don't know a lot a lot goes into account thinking about that like the way that they died um like i'm still like i said like i knew like two avici songs like i don't i won't really go further into that you know um i'm not gonna be like oh like man ollie who's also dead now um used to be like yo you need to listen to avici and i was like no because he was dead um <laughs> like i was like no i'm not gonna do that um, but he was like, I'm serious, like, you listen to this, and I was like, uh-uh, and he was like, no, I'll listen, and I was like, shut up, and then he died, um, and I'm still not sure, um, cause we were, we weren't, like, fighting, but, I mean, like, he was drinking a lot, so, I mean, like, our last few conversations probably ended really weird, and I think that's why I'm having, like, 
I don't know. I've been mourning Ollie a lot more lately for some reason. I and I don't know why. Um, his number shows up every now and again, or I'll just like hear a song that reminds me of him, and be like, dang, or just like want to tell him something, but I can't because he's dead. But I mean, like I can. I can put it out into the universe and hope that wherever the fuck his consciousness is, you know, it like witnesses because that's probably how it works or something. Um, but you know, I can't say, um, sometimes it does feel like I, I definitely have that ghost like with me <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, oh buddy, you know, um, yeah, definitely, definitely mourning Ollie lately. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I segued into that and this lady still hasn't opened the door. So what else was I saying? Um, dead people, Michael Jackson, um, <laughs> yes. um um sometimes i really do feel like that episode of south park is like the the, probably like the closest fucking um interpretation of what happens when you're dead and famous it's like that plane um full of dead celebrities that never takes off (laughs) i do feel like it is something like that um and i haven't even watched south park in a long time but sometimes little quips um from south park will just like jump into my head um let's see Hmm. Uh, I guess I'll tell this story now because I'm a little bit more organized than I was when I first started. So I'll, I'll do that. Um, I was thinking about this girl, Tammy. Um, not in like a gross way or anything, but I've just been like reflecting on how weird things got between us um, and how sometimes people act um, when it comes down to money. Um, and I'm really sad about how, how our like weird friendship ended or you know it never really got started because again because i did have such a crush on her and i was so nervous and then anandra fuck ananda was around all the time and i like she sensed that i had this like kind of like i think i told her at one point i was just like dang like i really like her like i like her like her you know um and she just made it worse (laughs) Uh, which is why if you have a secret and it wasn't really even a secret it was one of those things that like maybe because you want the other person to know and you're kind of a pussy (laughs) like and so you like like you know can you like hint at her that like i might you know i don't i don't i don't know which way she swings because she was kind of androgynous you know um and and she was just really like gorgeous like i can't even say pretty um because this is this is the rest of the story i'm so bad at this but i'm trying to get better at it um when we met it was like over coffee at one of my favorite i really want to go back to this little place um but not anytime soon because i it's one of those places that i swore to myself that like i really wouldn't double back to unless i had like a lot of money because i learned a lot of lessons about money in this place um and also just like the the like having to sometimes depend on the goodness of humanity which is like not necessarily a like something that you can always depend on it's not something that you should be able to depend on all the time but sometimes you have to um just give it to the give it to god and give it to the universe and hope that somebody is put in your path um you know to help you through your struggles to a happy ending um which is kind of what happened with ananda um but this this girl um was just like sitting at this table on the the mm, what do we call it on the balcony i guess of this little cafe um 
And we were all gathered for coffee in the morning. Now I hear them down the halls, so whatever. Um, I get distracted by sounds a lot. I think I've talked about how I fucking... This is going to be a very ADD episode because I'm jumping around all over the place to try and tell this one story because I did not pay attention to the fact that it was 11 o'clock when I started recording. Or 10.50, actually. Um, but, yeah, no. Um... I can't remember the name of this cafe. And the funny thing is, I could never remember the name of the cafe in the place. Like, I would always just have to see it and be like, oh, there it is. And sometimes, even when I was looking for it, I couldn't find it for the life of me. Which is why that was, like, one of those magical things that I was like, does this place even exist? Unless, like, (laughs) unless I'm not looking for it or unless I, like, have to go there for something. But, yeah. Um, (laughs) this, This fucking cafe, we're all gathered for coffee on this fucking long long day of a morning and um i don't know it was just this weird energy i have to double back on that season um sometimes and just think um because there was a lot of people like i don't know like time traveling people maybe or like psychic type people who were like telling me about my time in new york before i ever even considered it happening um you know, there was that rapper, Nameless, <laughs> um, you know, that I had, like, that whole adventure with, and that, and that was after this. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and fast forward to this atrocity. I don't know. Sometimes I think that I should actually go back to the fourth season and just, like, tell the whole thing from, like, the beginning. Because that season was nuts. Um to like the fullest degree of just like what the fuck is happening like feeling feeling like i was like in in a movie like and not just like a regular movie but like a fucking like harry potter meets fucking john wick and like every disney movie you've ever seen it was fucking gnarly i was like what the fuck is happening and then realizing that because i had like written so much of the festival project already but hadn't read any of it like i was just writing and writing and writing in like this catharsis of like four or five years where I was just like writing whatever and my fingertips were like on fire all the time and then I hadn't really read any of it but then as I was like reflecting on the things that I had written I realized that I had already written everything that was happening in that season but like in a really like in a in a distinctive way that made me realize like maybe whatever I'm writing has like a direct effect on the the world that i'm building on the universe that i'm living in um yeah so anander (laughs) anander and anander the salamander anywho anander and this fucking girl tammy it was one of those things that was like i i kind of want you to tell her that i have a crush on her because i don't know like I, i want you to see how perceptive she is of this but it wasn't like direct so that was me being a pussy because sometimes i'm a pussy and um oh my god i think that once anander like picked up on this energy it made things like so much worse that i wished i hadn't said anything but it at that point it was too late because i was just already like nervous around this beautiful girl and then what made it worse was like anander would like invite her places with us and i didn't really expect there to be like a third party so um excuse me i mean like i feel like an elephant is sitting on my chest right now and i don't know if it's just because i know that there's somebody like about to walk through the door and it's like impending um 
but yeah no i feel like the weirdest sense of anxiety right now it's not even anxiety i just feel strange um just just tammy girl um i guess i should go back to the cafe the very first thing i had to say to her which is like i don't know sometimes i think about like if if i'm gonna come on to somebody i come on to somebody in the way that i would want somebody to come on to me which is just to say exactly what they mean without beating around the bush so before before i had developed like this this actual like crush by sitting here and thinking about it the very first thing that i said to her when i laid eyes on her was that like i was just like you were like the most beautiful person i've ever seen and it's true but i didn't know anything about her at all until we got to know each other because of anander and as it turned out oh fucking it ruined everything it wasn't even anander it was just like the way that i feel about like people and their energy and so in this sense i wish i never found out that she was fucking famous um because of course like i said i didn't know like i didn't know that was i just like liked her and i thought she was the most beautiful person ever so i told her that and then like we did like started being friends and then anander was already like my friend or my fairy or whatever and then just kind of kept like exacerbating a really nervous energy that was coming from me and tammy was just like the coolest smoothest like she was just cool all the time like and actually wanted to be friends and wanted to get to know me before you know um before this other breakfast because we went to breakfast a lot um because ananda let's just let's just explain this character for a second because she was a character without me even like really um having to do anything is ananda is is like ananda's an ananda because ananda show up when you're at the fucking lowest of the low when you're at the the bottom of the barrel when you're at the fucking tip of the rock about to jump and that's where i was that day i was in my hammock crying a lot (laughs) and um i don't know i won't go into details about exactly why but i was in my hammock crying a lot and um i was like shawl where are you i could use some coffee and he was like oh i'm at the architecto um come over you know there's um like we're we're exploring or whatever and i was like cool um so i went down to the architecto and uh this lady what's funny is like i i kind of have this protective like shield about me is that when i see like a pretty white woman who are notorious in my own history this has nothing to do with anybody else but in my own history are notorious for hurting me um like i try to just fucking like block it out and so i saw this very attractive like you know white woman in my peripheral and then just kind of kept like i think i sat next to shawl and shawl was between us you know just kind of like blocked it out i was like whatever um and then she started talking and she she's like mega british like so british that it actually tickled me because of course in my history um it's typically only like american um caucasian white women just have this like knack for always like i don't know pushing my face in the dirt and just making things not fun for me in my history this is not to say that like oh i don't you know i don't trust them or i don't like them because trust me for the last eight months i've been in a considerable like drowning pool of other people who will openly talk for long long periods of time about how they hate 
other people um you know and so i'm not i'm like i don't really hate anybody this is just like my psychology like i'm broken in this way because i'm me and there's no there's there's no saying like it's this or that or there's not even putting color to it like this is just me and my existence in this story but i blocked her out because i could see her like midriff already starting to fucking like (laughs) disarm me um and that happens that happens just being around girls that are pretty at all i'm just like oh like realizing how non-binary i am when somebody comes around in like a tube top and it's just like being you know in a body that i was never like i never got to like really experience my fucking my youth you know like i never got to be that pretty girl i never got to like be pretty you know because i was just like overweight and so i've always had the kind of body that's not necessarily ideal um you know especially for like typical you know like for what's typical or especially for what is my type like what has become like a type for me um you know so i i just i just seen her in her fucking because she dressed like a like like a pirate gypsy and i didn't even see her all the way but like I, i heard her start talking in this like heavy cogny like this mad cogni accent and i was like okay like all right i have to actually see this person like all of this person and i look up and it's anander and i was like oh shit like you know and i can't even remember how we started talking but like it was almost as if it was almost as if because maybe it was just because my my face was all puffy because it was um and i was just like in a really dark like place i was just like sad like so so sad and sad um you know like suicidal but how are you gonna kill yourself on a paradisical fucking island um you know like surrounded by like magical people and coconuts and shit in the fucking ocean so um, you know i am throwing myself in the ocean like no not over dylan francis but um i was sad that day and um it was almost as if she knew that i needed her um I see feet under the door, so that's about to be the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, that it, it was. It was almost as if she knew that like something was wrong. As much as I try to hide that um, around people, you know, especially people that I didn't know, and even Shaw was like a new friend, but a friend that was um, becoming a good friend very quickly. Another person that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, so hopefully he's not dead too because um, sometimes when i think about people a lot and then i go back to check on them they're they're just dead um and that sucks but anyway um ananda just kind of like from that from that moment like like came to console me and not even in a way that was like hey i'm having a really hard time i'm having a, having a bad day it was almost just like kind of like she knew you know, or it was just like being extra hospitable to me and automatically all that all the fear of her being like a super attractive white girl just kind of like fell off of me. I was just like, Oh, this lady. Um, this lady is very has a very loving energy and she does. Um, you know, I haven't checked on Ananda in a while and so hopefully she's fucking still you know i have a, i have a tendency to be like oh no like is, i don't know it's just happened too much if i think if i think about somebody and then i check on them and they're dead i try not to think about people so much so that they stay fucking <laughs> alive so that maybe we can both live long enough to see each other again um i don't know i'm just traumatized and broken but um yeah she she started being um really really cool um maybe because 
um, maybe because my face was puffy, maybe because Shawl actually was like in a um, in a dream. No, he apparently what happened because um, she's also as much as I love Anander, I love her for shit like this, but I also is like one reason to learn not to trust. <laughs> you know pretty much anyone is because she can be kind of devilish no, in this dead. it's just me I'm you too oh man sometimes i forget that i'm not wearing pants anyway <laughs> sometimes i do forget um <laughs> oops my bad that's the second time that dude has looked at me like what the fuck and i'm like i'm sorry like i'm not wearing pants um I should wear pants, but it's just better without them. Um, yeah, uh, where was I? Anander. Oh, Kashal. Apparently what happened the day before, um, or the same day, because from this moment, the longest day occurred. <laughs> um, and Shaw started, like, going into this loop about, like, at first I didn't notice anything was up with him, because he was just always kind of like that. He was just like, yeah, uh, he was, like, on his fucking, like, he had just turned 30. Yeah, because we're, like, around the same age, I think. Yeah, 30 or 31. He's, like, yeah, close. Um, so his Saturn was ending or whatever, and he went through this, like, whole ascension process that like he was kind of like newer in his actual ascension than me but like his happened like very rapidly rapidly recently um because he went from being like a high um a high volume salesperson um in canada he's from quebec quebec <laughs> he has the weirdest accent ever um he's from he's from quebec um, and, and went through this process of, like, being a salesman to, like, selling everything um, during the pandemic and then, like, like <laughs> growing dreads and, and sleeping in a hammock and not wearing shoes. Like, you could not get this dude to wear shoes for anything. Nothing. Like, it would be, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, sometimes it's just, like, dude, shoes are required. He's like, no. Like, <laughs> you know, he was, he was, like, the epitome of a dirty hippie, but, like, in a good way. Until you're literally that guy who's the shirt off your back guy. And I realized that I was this guy in this moment. Is like, he was like, oh, I didn't realize how cold it would be. And so I, I gave him, like, my outer, outer layer because I was like, I realized how cold it would be. And so I gave him, like, my shirt to wear. And then he gave it back to me. And it just it was, like, stretched out. And it smelled. And I was like, oh, like gross like and also not realizing how much bigger he was than me like because he stretched out my shit and then fucking like gave it back and i was like ew whatever i guess it's broken in now um i hopefully still have that shirt in my storage unit because i actually really loved like the way that it fucking i don't know i want to go back to san cristobal just to go shopping i don't want to go back to san cristobal for anything else but anyway this part of the story is not even in san cristobal yet it's in another fucking place because um, everybody knows about St. Cristobal. If you're, like, a magical person, you, I think, eventually end up in St. Cristobal, where even more magic shit happens. Um, and St. Cristobal is actually more comparable to New York City in the way that, like, like, if you think, like, it's, like, it's one of those weird, um, what, what's it called? Um, instant manifestation cities. And there's really only, like, a few of them. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I first started practicing, like, um 
instant manifestation in Los Angeles where I realized that it was possible that if you thought of something that you needed or wanted it would just appear with like enough energy put into that and so like I didn't really realize anything like that was like possible um until that and so Los Angeles was always one of those like an instant manifestation grid like if I thought of something or thought about something enough then somebody or something would show up in that in that like to fulfill that need um but yeah san cristobal is like a huge like probably it's like a portal city um which makes sense because i've um i fell asleep at a rave once and i like went to san cristobal but it was like way before i went to san cristobal (laughs) it's like a portal city um of instant manifestation um but i want to go back there just to go shopping um the worst thing about it is it's it's at a a super high elevation so it's just cold all the time even in the summer so when the sun goes down it's like frigid and ridiculously cold and i fucking like in almost nowhere like you have to look for a place with a heater um or just like ask for a bunch of blankets it's it's intolerably cold um unless you can afford like a really nice place um so i guess i'll finish telling the rest of this fucking story now um and all this all this is like already part of recorded history it's just like another side of the same story um but yeah this this girl named tammy i really liked her and uh and (laughs) wait which part of the story am i at i'm at the architecto when i first met anander because i have to explain what an anander is and anander is somebody um that shows up and grants all your wishes but then also fucks you over in a way that fucking is detrimental teaches you a lesson but then also like gives you like it's it's a really weird fucking magic power to possess (laughs) this being an anander and i've had a couple other ananders ever since and it's weird because i know the energy now it's just like familiar i'm like oh it's an anander again but it's not it's like this energy that changes bodies it's it's a god but i mean like but it's yeah no it's definitely shows up grants your wishes and then fucks you over but that 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 in fucking you over not only do you learn something but you gain something even more so like all your wishes still get granted even though you got fucked over learned a lesson from getting fucked over and then you get like a bonus like a prize like a like, like a fucking like a consolation prize for being fucked over so it it like evens out it's weird um yeah so yeah that's that's ananda's power and she just kind of like i said came out of nowhere but the shattered fucking pieces of person that i was that day and um shawl i didn't notice anything was wrong with him so we're at shawl um shawl was like his normal self kind of stony because he i think he would just smoke hash all the time um you know our thing was like hash and coffee and um yeah no he he just um yeah no i met him like right when he was like falling in in like the weirdest temporary love for this girl um but like i also have my my intuition about me and my sixth sense so it was weird because like as we got to he he um is a psychic like a like a um his divination is like he he he's open about it he's very open about his um his abilities which is something like with me i've learned to keep whatever the fuck is going on with me secret because i don't need everybody knowing about whatever the fuck you know i do which is a mystery to me sometimes even until i do it and then i'm like wow that's what i do um (laughs) um so yeah um (laughs) yeah it's just fucking chaotic sometimes 
um but yeah he's he's a palm reader and so his his way about him but um he asked for my eyes when we first met um so i am very very protective of my energy a lot of my spirit energy is in my eyes so i've learned i learned really early in my ascension journey to like protect my eyes because like other people also like some people's functionality you know some vibrations like function through people's eyes and so you're not always gonna get the most beneficial energy by by looking at everybody in the eye which is why i make the joke that like i made myself autistic like i, I avoid eye contact for the most part at all costs um because that some people some people thrive on stealing other people's energy like that they don't have their own energy so they just have to go get yours you know um that that that's how they live um and it has a lot to do with environment has a lot to do with upbringing like some people were like showered with love and attention growing up um and they were the center of attention and then as they get older that attention starts to dwindle so they have to go about like getting your attention um you know there there's there's just so much actually happening so much that i've learned in the spiritual realm that i could go on about this forever um but i learned a lot a lot um about energy in this place um from people like this you know people who can be openly like everybody in mizunte oops fuck well oh well you know um it is a place that gets like touristy um everybody in this place has <laughs> i can cut that out i'm getting good enough at ableton that i could just like censor it literally um that's hilarious yeah i'll just censor it um everybody has um you know everybody's like really open like you you hit those like n those modern um uh, what are they called new age spiritualists that are only like new they're only like spiritual when they're on vacation for two weeks in this place you know so you hear a lot of hot button like oh you know um ecstatic dance fuck ecstatic dance um I, well i like some of the beats you know i like some of the beats in ecstatic dance but like actually going to those things and, and like paying pesos for it ridiculous <laughs> um then again i'm a dj and i'm like pay me um to play this but either way um you hear a lot of vibration or just magic or manifestation like you hear those words a lot um and so it's just kind of like open like everybody's like yeah i'm a psychic i'm a fairy i'm a fucking you know i'm a hood rat no um <laughs> lots of lots of people with dreads that you know in in dreads and people you know that don't necessarily where dreads don't occur naturally like you have to go get dreads from the lady that sells dreads um you know you have to have somebody put those in for you because they're not naturally occurring in your culture um a lot of culture vultures a lot of fucking a lot of um a lot of mixing and melding of, of magic pots um so yeah shaw's one of those people that's like yeah I'm a, I'm a psychic i'm a palm reader i'll tell you this and that about yourself um so we would go for coffee as i was continually getting my heart broken um here come the people without the mufflers again so the energy is changing i've been talking for too long is what it is um and i'm trying to rush through this story which is really a, a like the story of the festival project and honestly it's one of those things where um one i should have coffee and two if i don't get it out there at least for myself because yes i have to audition all of these episodes um before posting them um may, maybe as a writer it's like more for me to just like reiterate like okay well i'm still building this like i'm still building these seasons i'm still writing about this multi-dimensional shit that happens 
Um, but this episode was supposed to be about Tammy. And it is. It is. Because I still think about that lady in a way that, like, that if I had have handled it differently in a lot of the situations, I guess, that it could have ended differently. But it was supposed to end the way that it did. Um, yeah. In a way that's like, I'm almost glad it did. But whatever. I don't know. I Actually, I'm pretty sad about it. I think that's why I'm even saying something is because when I think about Tammy, I get sad um, for a lot of reasons. Tammy made me sad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's see. Character building. Shaw. Shaw is a palm reader. Tell you this and that about your palm. Um, I was wearing sunglasses all the time because when my stress levels get super high, my synesthesia gets to the point where it can make me, it can like kind of paralyze me in a way that like I just get over, over sensory, um, you know, like lights and colors and things. Synesthesia has a lot to do with lights and colors. So if I'm having like too much stress, um, like it, it kind of seems like the world is literally like flashing around me um, in a way that's not comfortable and can kind of be, um, can kind of be, I, I won't call it a disability, but it can kind of be like anti-progressive in a way. Um, but when I first met Shaw, he was like, can I see your eyes? And that's, that's the secret. It's not even really a secret. It's just like, if I'm hiding my eyes, which is probably for good reason, and you ask to see them, um, then I'll show you, you know, that's all you have to do is ask. Um, honestly and that's kind of like the ground level rule for pretty much anything having to do with me um and then i also have like another rule on the other end of that spectrum that's like you shouldn't have to ask <laughs> you know you should be good enough with energy um that you know there's certain things you just shouldn't have to ask um and i shouldn't have to ask you know it's just granted um that being said i should probably get my head out of my dungeon um finish telling the story so yeah i go to see shaw at the architecto this is a few weeks after we met so we're friends we're doing our daily ritual of having coffee and stuff um and he was like yeah i'm at the architecto so i go down to the architecto i see this lady i'm talking to shawl i'm trying to talk about like the the issues that i'm having because we had built that kind of friendship to talk about things um like that like he was falling in love with this girl um this, this girl and it was so crazy how that story like flashed in front of me like the whole story played out as he was like telling me about her and I was like oh but then it was like I had one of my spirit guides be like don't say shit about this just be there for him when it falls through and I was like okay and so yeah that um because it was funny it was like um myself and Anander later we like consult each other like you know how this goes right and it was like yeah it was like but we can't say shit about it and they were like yep um <laughs> I had like a coven for a while that was fun um but I don't you know I don't belong to any kind of coven so I'm just kind of like a I'm like a self-centralized fucking black hole <laughs> um yeah and uh, you know sometimes I'm a, a supernova but it's really the same thing because at one point or another supernova also black hole yeah same thing anywho <laughs> um yeah in the cosmic sense um i was talking to shawl and i just like he started repeating himself in the way that was abnormal and i started to realize i was like he's in a loop or something um he's in a loop 
<laughs> like what the fuck is up with this dude and as it turns out the day before um what had happened was ananda had um had spiked her own water with enough acid to kill a fucking horse or like a family of horses because that's what functionality that lady functions on um which is kind of this is another funny thing about my energy sometimes i can catch you in your fucking like whatever is altering you like in your altered state and my normal is at that level so we're gonna catch the same vibration anyway like that's just how how much multi-dimensionality i have is that sometimes people wonder about me like what are you on i'm like nothing this is my normal like this level is where i'm at um so i mean like another side story to my side story to my side story is like the first time the first times i've tried any mind altering substance like nothing happens to the point where i'm like what does this do and that's the thing that makes me keep doing it if i'm curious about that like if i'm like like it didn't work well maybe i should take more like it's still not working like i don't understand but like i i realize that i've i realize now that i've always had synesthesia i've always been synesthetic from the time that i was like consciously in a human body like i've always just kind of heard music i've always heard like the second third and fourth harmony over whatever is recorded in my head and like i've always mixed like i've always had mixed harmonically like i've always played music by ear so so synesthesia was hard for me to even like self-diagnose to the point where i'm like that's what it is you know to the, to the point where other people are like what is actually wrong with you it could be all of this and i'm like it's none of that it's actually just music that i literally see and feel in music um and i always have from a very very young age um so that when it comes to like when it comes down to like my party days or like my experimental phase my college days um, my days as an addict like i've always had that fucking that sense of like wonder and curiosity about like what is this actually changing about me because in a certain multitude of ways i have always existed at this level um which is why you know um as far as like the spirits are concerned or whatever it's like when i visit these multiple realms and i have it i've actually been like sober and celibate for so long um that like i don't know I, that i don't really necessarily even see a need to ever um enjoy myself again just kidding um i know that i can actually experience like enjoyment without those things um and that those things are put in our in our world in our elements in our in our experience so that we can have the like the multi-dimensional experience because everybody has like their different levels of functionality um which i, I just brings me back to tammy i guess tammy is like the anchor in this story because the story's not really about her. I didn't really get to know her. Um, and the more I found out about her, the less that I actually, like, liked her in that way. Like, it started to change the way that I felt about her. Um, beginning at the the discovery that she was, like, f a, like super famous. Um, and I get weird around famous people for whatever reason. I really do. Um, I can't call it starstruck because I've never really been, <laughs> I've never really been starstruck except for the time that my ex hit me. Ah, ha, ha. That's an inside joke with me and myself, um, but that's true. Only because my ex's name is Star and it hit me so hard that it actually caused all this fucking nonsense. Um, but I, I've actually been thinking about how, how grateful I am that he like beat me senseless because if he didn't, 
like I wouldn't have written a lot of the things that I've written and I probably wouldn't be in the state of mind um that I mean like not that I'm like happy about it because it did cause a lot of hardship that I'm just like I still don't like you know I can't there's there's nothing really I can do about it you know like we're grown-ups so I can't you know this isn't elementary school I can't be like he hit me like nobody gives a shit you know um I can't like tell on him I can't like fucking I can't do anything you know um it's just something that happened um and I've been I've been thinking about my like kind of just like I guess the thank you next part about it because I wouldn't have had these like after death (laughs) life altering experiences because i do see i do see that that very first violent incident of just like being literally beaten senseless in front of my kids as like the the first time that i died like in my body you know um i've talked about death and the way that i see it as differently from other people um in the way that like i feel and I have felt ever since that moment that I've been in like an afterlife of sorts because that was kind of the moment in this legend in my own actual personal story that like things started happening that like didn't necessarily make like logical sense in the way that that life or my existence had always been like presented to me like that altered my 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 brain and like my perception and my state of being in the way that like I started to see things differently and hear things differently and while I had always had synesthesia like music had never really occurred to me in the way that that like did um after that you know certain certain sounds or certain you know um like just elements of of things just didn't like i don't know it's weird it's like i got it's like i got like (laughs) killed into music (laughs) um but yeah i I kind of see that as like my you know um but yeah i don't get starstruck like i don't if anything i just get irritated um with famous people just because they're one their vibration like throws me off like i notice it um like I said, I've talked about being synesthetic. I've talked about being, like, somewhat psychic in the way that, like, you know, some people take mushrooms or acid and they see auras. Like, I just always see them. Like, I always have, you know? Um, so it's just, like, if if I have a certain sense about a person, you know, like, I t- like the, the famous vibration has is, is always been, like, annoying to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, no, even, even down to, like, fucking... Um, might as well um even down to the experience in season six um with i i don't know i've been this one's a touchy subject um the the, i don't know that's a that's a touchy one because it's it um season six was where i don't know reality and fucking like the I, i from season four on this happened um from season four where everything was just like like blurred lines of just like what's actually happening and like what exists in the way that like I've written it but like how is this happening because I've never really shared this with anybody you know like I've never really done anything except for oh put it on my podcast forgot about that 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 has a global audience um you know and not even realizing um that it had a global audience until um this experience I think I talked about it very briefly how it was just before season six like before the fifth and the sixth season actually or between the 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 third yeah between the third and the fourth season when I it like the numbers started jumping up and that like it 
surprised me because I didn't feel like anybody was paying attention to it and I was just kind of putting it out into the universe because it was like fulfilling something like I was like oh well you know if I do kill myself then like at least I'll have at least I'll have done this and not even in in the sense that I was proud of it in the sense that like it would make sense um to my then very young son like why he was motherless you know um that you know just mommy has issues like it's not your fault I don't hate you um which you know I'm glad that he's getting older and that I've lived long enough to maybe be able to like explain to him in a in a um in a way that shit's sensitive like I don't know how do you even have that conversation with your kid um about that like this is why I'm not there um and it's not my choice like because all I ever wanted from the very beginning um from the time that I looked into his fucking beautiful beautiful world (laughs) you know his eyes like I'll never forget the moment that I first saw his eyes and I saw like the like the world within worlds in his eyes at exactly 808 p.m which is why I keep being a musician I keep being a DJ for him um because you know every time I use an 808 I think of him he was born at 808 and I'm just like yo dude if I, if I'm not the superstar DJ then he is because that's that's <laughs> you know my kid and he's definitely got the music in him that's something I could never I could never fully give up you know um and I'm I'm paying for it um or I have been um so you know literally in a monetary sense so it's not something that I could ever forget as that um but um meanwhile in Mexico because I was in Mexico and by the way the whole time I was in Mexico which was almost a year like I couldn't get a hold of my fucking like I couldn't get a hold of him like I couldn't get my ex to pick up the phone for anything so I think he had a girlfriend at the time or something because I like there was just no way that I could get through so that you know I got used to that um in the space and I learned to deal with it and made new friends um one of those friends was Shaw um who I realized that he were jumping around the universe because it's how it goes <laughs> um he, he was in a loop and I was just like what the fuck is wrong with this kid and and he was like oh like <laughs> like I took that I took I took her water bottle and I was like, what the fuck, bro? And, and she was just like, oh, yeah, ha ha. Like, <laughs> like, she was like, oops, like, well, you know. Um, and ever since I met Anander, like, now, I used to pick up water because I'm, I'm, like, a super sustainable person. So if I ever saw, like, a half-drunk bottle of water, like, somewhere, I would just, like, grab it because I'm just like, you shouldn't be wasting water, you know. Like, some people don't, like, some people die of thirst. Um, some people don't have drinking water. And I was, like, a super firm believer in that. Um, until I started getting really fucking, like, I started getting iffy about it after I met Anander, because he was like, yo, I didn't, I was like, are you saying that she drugged you? And he was like, I didn't know, and she gave me her water, and I was like, oh, shit. And then he went into, like, a super loop, (laughs) where he's like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, and I was like, holy shit, bro, like, you are fucked up. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, from that, from that moment, Anander was just stuck. And in, in a cool way, because it was almost as if, like, I didn't have to ask for anything. She just actually, like, already kind of knew that I needed something and, and was, like, there in that way. And so it was weird because, like, um, it was weird because that day I just needed a friend, um, you know? Like, I just needed to not be crying in my fucking hammock 
and um, she was that friend. Like, I didn't really want anything but that, and so she was that. Um, and um, <laughs> on on started this this adventure um, of just like, and I I don't even remember, but I think we spent like a good day together, just me and her, before really anything else happened oh yeah we did we spent like the whole like the the sunset because shawl shawl was like i can't miss the sunset and we're like dude it's like 11 a.m shut the fuck up and he's like the sunset like every five seconds he was just stuck in like loops and loops um (laughs) just loops and loops and loops and it was like the funniest most joyful experience but we're like bro we're not gonna let you miss this sunset because (laughs) i want to see this sunset because you want to see it so bad and um he was like oh the sunset like every five fucking minutes and then every 12 minutes he was like it doesn't matter (laughs) we're like okay bro okay um so yeah we just ended up spending like the day together i can't remember what we did i think we just like kicked it but it was like super magic and then we ended up uh you know did go see the sunset and um i don't know we like broke off from the party because it was a going away party for his his uh his girlfriend but not really uh, another english woman who i actually came to actually really enjoy myself um but yeah she she was she was cute she was from um England, but not the same part as Anander because she had like more of a like a way refined accent, and um, it was funny. Just, just I, I won't even talk about it actually because I came to respect this person. But um, he was like, "Yo, she's a goddess, and she's the goddess that I built inside my mind, and I've been waiting for her my whole life. And she doesn't think so, but she's mine." And I was just like, "Okay, bro. Like, if you say so." Um, but I am a woman in the sense that, like, usually if a woman is, like, straight about telling you, like, like, I don't know, some females, I guess, will play the cat and mouse and be like, no, I don't like you, but I actually like him, and it's, like, some kind of weird game. I don't know. Once you read Robert Greene, and once you get through the fucking, the, the laws of seduction or whatever, like, that shit fucks you up forever. Once you read the, the laws of power, you're fucked. Once you read the 33 strategies of war, you're fucked. Like, you're just fucked after you read Robert Greene because you see it, you know? Um, you, you see that. Um, and I'm the kind of person who, like, lives inside whatever, whatever book I'm reading. So, I mean, like, you know... Um, or writing, which is a very, very strange combination of I can be reading Robert Greene and writing about whatever I'm experiencing and they somehow meet in the middle. Um, so yeah, that's just more lessons. But yeah, um, Anander um, sticks. Anander sticks. And then, you know, she does it because um, she has this really cool trick. It's like a disappearing act. I guess we're just talking about like all the different characters of the festival project as I'm starting to put it um, together. Um, because the way that I'm writing the eighth season is actually way more indicative of like the way that everything has flowed and everything is progressing towards production since the fourth season. Because the fourth season is kind of when it got like real i guess in the way that like reality like i said shifted it just shifted into like now i'm living in a fucking book that i wrote and realizing that like sometimes i'm the protagonist and sometimes not you know um but it's kind of cool to like um shifting out in and out of these worlds of multi-dimensionality um in, in that way 
um so yeah and ananda like takes me back to her place after this like long day um where it was weird she was just like be she was like spoiling me and i never really had anybody do that like even you know like guys or like even family like i actually i don't think anything like that had ever been like in my reality where she just showed up and she like yeah she started giving me like massive amounts of money which to, to anybody you would be like fucking suspicious about this but in the fucking like reckless horrible time that i had so far had in this village i didn't give a fuck like i was like you're just gonna give me like a thousand dollars right now and fucking tell me that she was like oh yeah like i'm filthy fucking rich my money is your money and i was like no way and she's like yeah my money's your money and i was like okay and she's just like whatever you want matter of fact i'll give you cash and i'll buy you stuff and i was like what and she's just like yep but she did all this in a fucking cogni accent so like it was even more buttered up i was like yeah like i'm not gonna say no to that (laughs) like you know like if i was like being the adult epitome of kidnapped that's how you do it (laughs) like i was just like whoa you know um um and another weird weird fact is is um like i don't know i used to have people tell me like oh you know um the music people are gonna come get you um and i was like what like have they not come to you yet and i'm like no what does that mean they're just like you'll see so (laughs) i think that was like the first time that like that kind of occurred to me because she told me straight up she was like look i don't really appear to anybody that's not special so you must be fucking special and i was like you're a magic fairy and she's like yeah tell me about it um (laughs) yeah no she was she was also like a self-stated advocate of the devil she was like also i work for satan um this is something that he taught me you should fucking just write this down or something because that's what you're good at right writing um also (laughs) you know like she i don't know she had so much she's so much so much um but also um but also some other things where like she strangely looked up to me in like a variety of ways and even though she was older than me like it was very weird that I found myself in like centralized in this community that kind of looked up to me as like a mother figure or like even a grandmother figure. But I mean, like that's kind of where Chuck Chell comes into things because like, I don't know, um, there's something about that, that being that's like really drawn into this history. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know, like this one dude in fucking San Cristobal, <laughs> I guess I'll tell the whole story start to finish, but in San Cristobal, this dude fucking, <laughs> this little drunk, mexican was like oh my god it's you and i was like yep and he fucking like snatched me and like threw me in his fucking he like threw me in his fucking building which had like a a really beautiful like history of the the indigenous peoples of the of the the area of the region you know like all of mexico actually and he was just like look who it is and fucking (laughs) the lady came out and she was like i'm so sorry about my husband but hey what's up it was just like it was like an old soul thing (laughs) but like he was like oh god it's you and i was like okay and he like snatched me i was like lost in san cristobal he was like it's you i was like okay it's me and he like he like threw me in his fucking place and he was like check it out and i was like this is actually exactly what i wanted to see thank you like you know and he was just drunk as fuck he was like what's up this is the old lady and the old lady was like hey 
sorry. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, drunk husbands, what are you going to do? You know, uh, we had some kind of fucking like Mexican fucking banter. <laughs> and um, she, she was like, my apologies. Um, you can leave if you want to or something. And I was like, no, this place is cool, you know. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, f- I find myself into a lot of history when I'm down there, um, which is why I've been wanting to go back. But I never really want to experience um, Mexico in the way that I have, which is being like trapped, <laughs> um, um, which is actually even how I started DJing like professionally is because I had like zero things to my name. Um, and, you know, people were willing to hire me. Um, it's really hard to get your foot in the door in the U.S., which is why I just, like, I was scratching and clawing, like, not to come back. Um, but then I got robbed by the Mexican Skrillex, and that <laughs> made me leave. I was like, oh, I gotta go back to the U.S. and um, get some, like actual money um because that was a very uncool thing i don't know eventually i'll explain that but right now is not the time because i've been thinking about that guy lately and he was fucking sexy but um yeah no i'm also learning things i'm also learning things about sexy people it's just like don't trust them um because if somebody is like so sexy that you just (laughs) so sexy that you're like that you can't be mad at them don't trust that um don't trust um at all um because it's they're probably like evil um yeah it's probably just like (laughs) satan in somebody somebody's sexy body um doing fucking really horrible things but um yeah no before that or sometimes this is actually towards that towards that really strange ending um (laughs) um yeah no ananda shows up she's like oh you know i i i can't i can't remember how we how i think we just got to be like friends or you know she was like buying me a bunch of shit being cool and she was like i love you basically you know, but not in like a lesbian way and just the way that she's like, I'm, I literally only exist because you do. Like, you know, she said that so many times in so many ways. And I was like, okay. Um, and then she took me back to her place, which is at this place called Lanada, which is literally translates to the nothing, um, which is a place that like was strange because the first time that I went to this place, I felt like I had built it in my mind um, at some point, like for me and i don't know how to explain something like that but um it was on it was on the way back from this rave it was actually the first rave that um that i ever had my music played um by another dj um and that's a funny story too because because i actually just like ran on stage during a fucking power outage and i (laughs) handed him a flash drive and i was like he was like so annoyed because he was like the fuck the power's out i don't have time for your shit and i was like um um i make music here just fucking here's this i just wanted to fucking introduce myself um you know here (laughs) and then what's cool is like he played it um he I, i don't know if it was him but like somebody played it when the power came back up um, they played my song, they mixed it into like, uh, you know, they mixed it. And I was like, wee! And it was kind of cool being on the dance floor hearing my own music played back at me. I never had that happen um, before that, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, on the way back, um, I th- I can't even remember why, but like, I think I just like left 
early. Oh, it was the fucking, it was this kid. He's so sexy. Um, but really, very, like, very, like, oh, I've never felt so much rage in my body. Um, as this person gave, this person gave me angina. Um, and many, many heart attacks. Uh, at one point, I was even, like, digging my own fucking grave. Like, literally digging a six-by-six six fucking hole in the ground. Um, because of this person. And this person was just, like, loving it. Um, <laughs> you know? But that's what I get. That's what I get for being a Skrillex fan. That's my fault. I, <laughs> I take full responsibility for this. Um, yeah. No, it's just... Oh, so wrong. So wrong. Um, <laughs> and I'm still not ready to talk about it. But, yeah. I left early this fucking function. Because I was just like, yeah, sun's coming up. Party's over. You know, I'm not having fun. And, um... I was just kind of like ahead of this massive like cattle crowd of people um and I wanted to kind of like cut you know cut corners I think so I went through this little fucking I don't know I just went through this little place and um it was a place that I didn't know at the time was like Lenata uh, or Lenata you know the nothing um I don't even think there was a sign at the time I was just like yo this is cool and it was like completely empty because it was like five in the morning the sun was just coming up and um it was post-rave, so it was like, you know, it's, it's not like I'm going to be doing any sleeping. Um, so I'm just going to fucking explore, because I don't think I've been, like, up this early on purpose in this place. Because um, I'm just not up in the morning sometimes, especially when it's very, very late nights, but now I am. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I should have been, and that was the whole point of everything being so fucking... Um, like reckless and rowdy um, for that time but no it's just irritating and I at this point hypnotized myself to sleep to dead mouse or rather <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what I was doing but it happened and then um, <laughs> yeah, that's another story but it's not it's really all the same story it's really all how this is happening I mean, how it's continued on past this um, four seasons um, to an eighth season. So, yeah, uh, I didn't even finish the story about Tammy, but only because this is this is the story. So, so we went back to her apartment and uh, it was at Lenata. She was like, I've, I've got this really, you know, great place with a great view because um, she was like, um, she's like, what are we doing today? And I was just like, I don't know, like. I don't really, I, I don't want to go back to the place that I've been staying. Like, I just wanted out of that hammock. I was like, there's no way I'm going back to this hammock. I'm not going back to this place. Um, and she was just like, I feel that. Yeah, well, you know what? Why don't we go to my place? And I was like, cool. Um, so we went back to her place at Lenata. And what's weird is I get to this place where she's like pretty much, I think, like the god here. Um, because everybody's like, oh, you're back, you know, we love you, everybody loved her, and, um, it's probably because she was, like, renting the most expensive apartment at the place, you know, um, so we get back to this place, and, um, and I just, I kind of want to state right now that I'm not, like, hanging out with this person because she had a lot of money, I didn't know that about her, she just kind of, like, like a magnet she just kind of like attached to me when i was sad and i didn't know anything about her generosity or her like her situation like she i just she had a she has a really cool cogni accent she dressed like a fucking pirate gypsy i'm like i love this lady 
oh my god and she's like the life of the party and all these dudes like all these dudes loved her like loved her and there was like this dude like dressed like a captain and he was talking about i don't know um he had this book recommendation it's on the recording i can't remember what it is but i still want to read this book i think it's like 30 bucks but i still really want it um i've been realizing how booky i am because i pick up books everywhere and i just love them and i just i don't know i just love books um and I've always really wanted a library. So I'm, I guess I'm going to start now because I have like a, a, a fair collection of books and I'm, I don't plan on, um, you know, stopping. Maybe. I don't know. There, there was this kind of like time that came out of this period that was like maybe I am more of just like a gypsy. Um, which people hate for some reason. Like people still hate actual gypsies. I don't know. I like I had a couple people, but this one dude specifically was like, "You're not a gypsy, are you?" I hate those. Like, because I guess it's just that like gypsies always like move on to the next thing. They always like pick up and leave, you know. And I was just like, I've been told I am, but like you know, I hope not, because I you know in that sense like I don't really want to be a gypsy. Like I've always wanted to at least have you know, something to go back to. At least always wanted to have, like, somewhere to call home. Um, Just because I think I've realized at 30 that, like, since I was 15, I haven't ever really been home. Like, you know, in a way that I feel like this is, um, this is my home. Like, it's always just kind of been like a uh, continual uprooting and replanting for for whatever reasons. Like I said, I, I take full accountability and responsibility for, like, how reckless like my my upbringing and my youth was just because like I don't think that I don't think like I ever really had the solid foundation that I thought um that I did you know and I I am really actually grateful for my programming believe it or not I'm actually really really grateful for the way that my mother raised me because like I am I don't know I'm just very traditional when it comes to like you know at least expectations for myself as a female um, and I am non-binary, but I'm mostly, like, female, you know, mostly. <laughs> um, you know, there's some masculine traits about me, um, some definite androgyny, but for the most part, I'm, like, very, very, very female, um, which is why, um, I, I guess I was kind of, like, taken aback by this person. So anyway, we had this night. I'll just skip past this night, because this, this night that we had was, like, a whole story of its own, um, and it, everybody experienced like a collective consciousness of spiritual awakening um <laughs> and it was cool and um the next morning which is the morning that i met tammy we met tammy i told her she's the most beautiful human being because i still believe that although you know like things changed it made me feel a little bit less um like that over time only because <laughs> nana was kind of like a troublemaker in that sense that she would just kind of like you know, um, make the, the nervous energy that I already had around this person more nervous, you know, um, just like kind of exacerbating or like putting us in situations where we like, I was planning to only meet with a nander, but like, oh, now Tammy's coming. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm, I already have like a crush on this person. And I think that's how I even told Ananda that I that I like liked her like that was because I was like, can you not invite her? And she was like, why? You know, and I was like, oh, you know, because I'm nervous, like, she makes me nervous i like i like her you know um which just made things worse but i'm pretty sure that's that's how i told her and like also kind of wanted her to know a little bit but like also just didn't want to be around her because i liked her that much and um 
it was actually at that i think it was like that that lunch that um no actually it was a totally different it was like she she either would show up when i didn't like expect or ananda would be like hey like let's hang out together and i was like ah like it was either always one of those two things for like a minute and um and uh we were sitting at lunch or brunch whatever and um tammy just happens by and uh it was actually like my oh like I would probably say if I had a favorite restaurant out of everywhere that I've ever been, that's definitely, like, I have a lot of favorite restaurants in L.A., and, like, I'm getting to have some in New York, but, like, I, I love this place in fucking this place. Um, I love that restaurant. They have vegan chocolate pancakes, yo. What? Um, yeah. And I think they're, I think the owners of it or are, are something are, like, Jewish because they're open on Sundays but not Saturdays. So yeah, I think it has. I, th- I think, and they have like some Hebrew stuff on the menu. I don't know. My my memory might be failing me, but yeah, no, they're not. They're closed on Saturdays, but not Sundays. Anywho, chocolate vegan pancakes. Anyway, we're having lunch, and Tammy happens by, and uh, of course Nanda's like, "Oh, come sit with us, whatever," and um, she does, which makes me nervous. So I'm just kind of like in my fucking own world because that's what I do when I get nervous. I just like I think I started writing or something, and. Um, Tammy was like, okay, so I'm in this situation. I don't really know what to do about it. Um, but this this is the situation. She started talking about how um, she made a post on social media and that somebody made a, a, a negative comment about it. And then, like, a whole bunch of people, like, agreed, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't really remember, but it was, like, it, it got to be controversial or something. But it, the word for it was not controversy because it had no context the word was not controversy um but she was just like yeah i don't know if i should take it down or like if i should respond like how should i respond to this and then i think that the answers that both me and ananda gave her were like we needed the context to understand she was like oh like I, you guys don't get it okay so i made this post and this is what somebody said about it and this is what i said back but I don't know how I should react because I'm actually, like, super famous. And I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> you know? And that's when I just kind of, like, left my body for a minute. Like, fuck, of course you are. Um, but she's like, yeah, no, I keep it I keep it kind of secret, like, on the down low. Like, I'm a famous supermodel. And then it turns out she is, like, mega famous for being, like, the first um, fucking... Like, for being, like, the first androgynous supermodel in wherever she's from. And I can't remember where she's from. But she's, like, the one of the first... Like, the first woman to actually, like, be mega famous for, for modeling men's clothes. Um for modeling like as a man which actually kind of like it relieved me in the way that i was like oh i am still straight because i mean like you you know like you're a supermodel but like you also model like as a man like as a uh, androgynous man so i'm just like i'm straight i guess so that makes sense but at the same time i was like fuck you're famous i don't want to be around you at all um just because fame has this weird has this weird effect on people um and it has the way it has it has you know an effect on the way that people think and on the way that people act so i mean like this is where it got sticky is that after figuring that out is when ananda decided to let tammy know that i liked her like that which i had already been liking her like that but she waited until after she told us that she was famous 
to let her like to hint at her like that which made the energy not so awkward at first because like now it was kind of like a there was like a vibe you know and it was cool because like um i guess we like kind of wanted to get to know each other even as friends or whatever the fuck there was like some kind of vibe um, but, like, we started to be friends, so, like, I started to realize, like, oh, like, she dates guys, which is cool, like, I'm still, like, she's cool, but, like, now I started to, like, not want to be around her, and I think in that sense that energy gave her, like, a weird, weird vibe in the way that, like, nobody knew what to think anymore and so I, from that moment and I can never forget this is that I started thinking I was like I wish I'd, I wish I never found out she was famous because now I'm weird and it was happening at such a strange time for for something like this to happen for me like so I took it like really personally like oh I wish I didn't know that because now I'm I'm gonna avoid you <laughs> you know and Ananda kept like pushing for us to all hang out together to the point of where she's like oh you know we're planning on going to san cristobal because there's this huge migration of people um that were leaving the area all at the same time why don't you come with us and i was like not expecting to have like a third person on the trip especially somebody that a i was not familiar with and b was like super famous because I don't know I think it just like it's that pretty girl thing that it put me in a weird headspace that like it makes me nervous to be around attractive people anyway because I always just feel like a piece of shit so like I don't know being like a failed musician that's like washed up on the beach in fucking Mexico being around this like super famous supermodel was probably just gonna put me in my head or something I don't know but I didn't I don't know I just didn't want to think about fame or famousness um at all especially in the sense that it just like I don't know it it occurred to me that I had this weird feeling of like becoming famous because of that that jump in the numbers between the third and the fourth season where I was like whoa okay like I might be getting famous and then actually meeting somebody that's like I can't remember how many I think she has like over like millions of fans or millions of followers or whatever on fucking you know like Vogue covers and shit and I was just like oh like you know, I don't like thinking about, I don't like thinking about my body in the way that just like, holy shit, like I, I understand now that like I was given the body that I have been given because I'm a writer, because I'm a musician, because I'm an artist that has to represent the non, you know, what has been pushed as ideal, like it's the opposite of that in so many ways, you know, Um, and I've done a lot of work to kind of like balance that out, like I spent a lot of time at the gym, a lot of time in nutrition, but I still don't look like a fucking supermodel, and that's pretty much impossible with what my body has been through, um, you know, without, without um, medical intervention, (laughs) so I don't like thinking about that, but I certainly don't like thinking about my place in life where you know, um, like, I just, like, haven't made it, you know, I just, like, haven't been successful in my fucking whatever I'm trying to do, you know, um, where my, my tiny amount of fame, it's nothing in comparison to this, like, supermodel, I don't want to think about it, so, of course, I'm withdrawing, and as I'm withdrawing, Anander is kind of, like, pushing, this is where she becomes, like, an advocate of the devil, where she's, like, pushing us into situations where we're together, and I'm just, like, uh, I gotta go fucking, I gotta go buy a hat or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, um, just not really wanting to be around her because she's famous, where in Tammy's mind, I only want to be around her because she's famous, and that's where things got messed up, 
um, because, as I said, like, Ananda was just kind of, like, uh, like, fixing my problems, <laughs> like, the, the, the main problem that I had was just, like, expecting an amount of money that never came, and I was already in Mexico, so there was no way, you know, like, there was no way for me to fucking pretty much live, um, where I was at, which is cool, because eventually it made me, like, you know, it gave me my wings as a DJ, um, but also wasn't, just because, like, the, <laughs> like, it's, it takes longer to make money in Mexico, um, especially as an American, than it does in, in, you know, in the United States, um, well, kind of, I don't know, I've been feeling like it kind of evens out, like, if you have a minimum wage job, and you pay for everything that you're supposed to pay for here, like it kind of it's kind of almost the same thing because i mean like once you get done with rent and your fucking your phone bill and your gas like and your your, like whatever you use for transportation your food your fucking electricity pretty much it's like the same amount of broke for like 99 percent of people who exist in the world you know like it it doesn't matter at the end of the day (laughs) it doesn't matter i'm still in shaw's loop by the way um yeah so everybody's going up to San Cristobal, um, which, by the way, I usually act in the opposite of whatever everybody else is doing, but it was kind of Ananda's idea anyway, and she was like, I'll fund it, like, because I was like, I don't, I told you already, I don't have any money, and, like, at all, um, which was, like, one of the first things I said when she started buying me shit, like, shoving literal wads of money in my pocket, <laughs> it was, like, the gnarliest experience, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, <laughs> um, I was like, I don't have anything. I can't pay you back. I don't know what the fuck, you know. And she's just like, don't worry about it. I'm doing this because I'm doing this, and like, don't even like consider trying to pay me back. So this is how I don't know. Sometimes perception becomes reality in the way that this kind of got like, oh, uh, let's see, it just got thrown out of proportion because we had this third, you know, just third person. And I guess I'm learning right now about being a writer, like what a third person view might look like um as tammy starts hanging out with us more she's noticing how um ananda's always fronting the bill and even though it was like an agreement between myself and ananda and it wasn't even an agreement i was just like look i can't pay you back so like don't do this and she's like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do anyway i'm gonna do it you know and i was like oh you know (laughs) like eventually i was like okay like i'm not like i said i'm not gonna say no to that i've been fucking like starving fucking sleeping in a hammock outside um at a fucking pretty much like abandoned like shelled out fucking building um for like a month and a half having like nothing um so yeah no um you know as as weird as it felt because I did feel guilt and I did feel shame um especially in the beginning like especially in the embarrassment like having to let her know like I don't have shit like I can't I you know I can't um I can't do this for you you know Uh, like I can't I can't give back. Um, And she was like, don't worry about it. But then once Tammy started seeing that, um, and especially after she told us that she's, like, super famous, she started getting this, like... uh, She started getting mad because she thought that I was just hanging around her and Anander because her and Anander had become friends as well um, because I was mooching. And she started being like, oh, I think that, you know... 
I, th- I think that you should pay for that or you should get this one or you should get that. And she didn't understand the situation because, well, I never felt the need to explain it to her. This is like I learned so much about money from this and about how people act when it comes to it. And I think this is when I really, really built like a, a disdain, like like an actual fucking disgust for money um, and what it does to people and how it makes people act, you know, because... Um, Ananda was just like not even doing whatever I asked just seeing that I needed something and doing it for me like what do you need like I need pants she would give me pants you know like like she and she kept telling me over and over again like I'm here for you I'm here to do whatever you need so whatever you don't have I'm here to give you that but Tammy not knowing that was being like oh like I see like and also just like this is why I don't like fame and what it does to people is because also Tammy having the experience of superstardom has been used, has been around people who do do that. People who do hang around rich people who don't want anything but the clout, who hang around rich people and want nothing but the fame. And I mean like this, while this podcast stands as a good example for like what, um, like is me it also stands as a perfect example for what isn't me because i never did this for attention i never did it for money i never did it you know i never did it for the skrillex um you know i never did it to garner attention in that way um from that you know i never did it for the fame like that's why i said it, it was pretty much like a slap in the face when i like checked my you know i think i went to upload something and i realized that the numbers had jumped so considerably that like that it, uh, an unthinkable amount of people had downloaded a certain episode and i didn't know why i was like what makes what makes some fucking what makes this episode so special what what even happened like how did how does anybody even know about this um because it was before it was long before i started printing stickers with qr codes and and other things to try and fucking figure out like what what is the niche of this now um what's it called now um it's got a cult following so like like you know this started to spark spark my curiosity spark my interest in what makes something famous you know um what makes that happen what makes a large number of people take interest in something now i'm learning a lot about vibration and energy now i'm understanding how things kind of um work you know at least more more um with more comprehension than at this level but at this level um it just got bad in so many in so so many ways um because tammy actually started to grow like a a paranoia and like a disdain about me because she saw everything that ananda was doing and then just saw me as like a vulture which is not at all like i was just being myself you know um around anander which can sometimes be um which can sometimes be a bad thing um but yeah no um we we did um oh this this so we did all go to san cristobal together um ananda bought the tickets she was like yeah we're you know gonna this and gonna that and there's some other stuff in there about this dude who speaks bird we're not gonna we'll double back to that because it's less important than like this actual fucking thing is um i don't know it was it was during this this trip to san cristobal um again ananda ananda and her acid um tammy is of course not fucking um 
she's she's not in that world and so um when certain people do certain things that are not familiar to them like for me for me um doing acid is just like going home you know like I'm just like oh I'm just like the most myself I'll ever be and there's no there's no hallucinations there's no fucking I'm just like oh this is probably the this is probably the most relaxed and most comfortable um like this is where this is where things make sense you know this is where things make sense to me that's my level you know um I've actually learned at this point you can take certain things, but certain people are not adept to that. And so, um, let's just say she had a bad trip. And in this bad trip, she starts to see that Ananda's like paying for everything. Um, and that Ananda's pretty much like sponsoring this trip. And she called herself that. She was like, I'm your sponsor, you know, just fucking. What whoever you're supposed to be, cause you're you're that fucking special. I'm I'm here to help support that in the way that you can't, which is with money, which I have tons of. So don't feel bad. And uh, and she she would like go to the ATM and be like, it's like play money, it's monopoly money. I'm like okay, like she's just like spend it, don't spend it. I don't care, you know. Like I'm just like oh right, okay. And um, yeah, no, that's that's. Oh, I'm like remembering all this stuff at once now and I'm just like holy shit I really should be writing instead of talking about it but I've been thinking about Tammy so much that I actually just wanted to sit and think out loud with my thoughts for a moment like why is this why is this person on my mind because of because of the way that it ended we got to San Cristobal and we were all supposed to go in on an Airbnb but when Tammy found out that Ananda was fronting my half of the Airbnb um Tammy didn't want me there she was like no you have to pay your way and I was just like that's I mean like I came on this trip because Ananda said she'd pay for it so I mean like um I'm pretty much you know like that's that's how I'm here and she's just like oh well you know like that's you know you're, you're basically she was like oh you're using her and I was just like not really like I wouldn't have come if I wasn't invited if I wasn't sponsored like I wouldn't have even gone because like I said I usually go ag- against the grain you know, and I actually, I had another friend that was willing, that's the part of the story that I almost left out, but not really, I'm gonna fucking tell it now, because I'm telling the story, <laughs> I'm pretty bad at telling the story, um, yeah, no, I had another friend that was like, yo, I'll, uh, I'll pay for your ticket to, to come to San Cristobal, um, like, you can meet me there, because I think we had, like, lunch or something, <laughs> this guy was funny, um, this guy was funny and he was like a I don't know I don't know what his actual job was um but he was like from Amsterdam and um he I don't know he 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 did all these like bird calls to the point where like you couldn't even tell the difference between like between like the bird and him and he had these like eyes that I don't that's the part I don't want to talk about is his eyes were fucking nuts yo eyes um yeah no his eyes were nuts um and he wore like a translucent (laughs) he wore like a translucent fucking skirt and speaking of his nuts you could just see his balls like swinging fucking happily in the wind um and they were huge so it was hilarious um but yeah no i wasn't paying attention to that so much as like the fact that he was like doing all these like bird things um and also had a game but i don't remember his game because his eyes and his bird 
speak. But like, yeah, no, he he was like, yeah. Um, oh, he he had invited me to go, um, but I didn't pack in time. Like I didn't. I was just like, oh, it's gonna be cold, so I packed like a really big bag, and then like my suitcase broke. Oh, like there was a really rocky road between the fucking the place where I was staying and like the fucking the road and my suitcase broke so I had to like go back repack and then by the time I did that he was just like I'm gone already you you should have fucking came in time and I was like ah oh, fucking time fuck time and again he was just like whatever and then like a couple days later which in that in that time like the whole thing with Anander had taken place um like I said, I don't know how long this whole period of time was because it was literally just one everlasting fucking day, the longest fucking day. And that was my loop because I was like, yo, this is the longest day. And I come from a background of theater where I come from a background of theater where the longest day is like the day before like the last week of rehearsals, like basically where you're doing, you're, you're putting it like you, it's the, the longest day is like dress rehearsals and then we're going to run the show like it's really going to be run, you know, like we're going to do one non-costume fucking run and then we're going to run the show again with costumes and we're going to make the final fucking things to the costumes. We're going to make a fi- final adjustments to the script. So that's the longest day. And to me, this whole experience was so theatrical that this to me was the longest day i was like this is the longest day holy shit (laughs) that was my loop um because it did seem like such a theatrical production that everything and it was because this is now an almost two hour episode and going over the uh, occurrence of this like all these inciting events within the fourth season um you know that has even led us to like the fucking (laughs) the eighth season in a sense um yeah no the stupid fucking bird dude was like oh i left already um fucking but i liked him so much and we had had lunch already and he was he was cool (laughs) his name was bruno um yeah and he (laughs) um he (laughs) um yeah i i don't know i'll just keep i'll keep so many details about him to myself because he was incredible to me (laughs) um and large um i don't know i i never i don't like huge dudes because they're scary and i don't want to get punched in the face again but like dudes that are large whether i'm attracted to them or not are just like interesting to me because i'm like bro how can you be that big um just like just like your legs are long and you're like i don't know i'm just getting older i'm getting to the point where i'm just like "Mm, i'm an animal um (laughs) but yeah no it's dude this dude um um was like yeah I'll, I'll uh why don't you come with me but it was like two days later after he left he was like i'm gone now and like you didn't come in time you know you packed too too much or whatever but it's cold in san cristobal so i didn't want to be cold i hate being fucking cold and um yeah no then then by the time all that happened and Anna was like well you know we'll just go together as as girls and i was like cool but then she invited tammy so we end up on this fucking trip and by the time we get there like and the whole time this is when ananda starts acting weird like like she knows that i have food problems so she's buying all these like cookies and stuff like fucking and like bread and she she was just like oh snacks and food and food and food and i was like stop doing that because like I, I, I didn't want to eat like that, especially around Tammy, you know, <laughs> like, and fucking, I was just like, oh, like, stop being like that, and then fucking, you know, like, 
I don't know, it just started to get weird. And, like, everything she did made, this like, seemed to make Tammy hate me more. And I was just like, fuck. And I could, like, feel that energy. But by the time we got to San Cristobal, it didn't even matter. Because, like, Ananda was acting so weird that I was like, you know what? And, like, nobody had booked anything on Airbnb because, like, Tammy was like, oh, you gotta, you gotta pay. Fucking, so, and I was, I didn't have anything. And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. So... I go to see the guy that invited me up there anyway, and he's acting like a nut job. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And luckily for me, I got an early birthday present because it was around the time of my actual, like, birthday, which I don't use anymore. I just use it as Super Kree's birthday because um, that, like, that character is like a fucking, like, that person that I was is like a dead person to me. And, like, the character that came from it is probably, like, the best thing, is, like, all the best things about that person that I can, like, possibly think of and, like, made made pretty much, like, my, my dead self into, like, a superhero, um, which is why it's, like, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't like touching dead things, so I don't really, you know, um, unless it's my dad, I don't really connect with the family that sees me as that person because to them I'm not super creepy you know I'm that person and that person carries so much trauma and like like I don't know in in my old life like I'm the footstool and like the fucking like I'm the dude that shows up that everybody fucking rags on and talks shit to and fucking expects to fucking like take it and be happy and fucking like still serve you a plate of everything that you wanted um because that's the kind of person I was that's the kind of person I grew up as it's just like the fucking um doer but you know sometimes you get punched in the face in front of your children by the person that you love the most and it changes your whole world so that's I mean like in that sense I can kind of be grateful but I'm still not 100% out of the struggle um which is why I'm just like okay well if I put it all out in front of myself because I really auditioning these episodes like listening to myself talk about these stories that have also been written you know into the fucking legend um, just because it is so multidimensional actually helps me like with the writing part of it, which is the hardest part because I realized that entire TV series are sometimes written by like a group of like 10 or 15 people. Like it's not just one person that's like, hey, I, got, I, I did everything myself. Like I put this together. Like I have eight seasons that are just me. Um, so, you know, um, I realized that I, I haven't really been doing the writing thing because there's just so much of it that it does overwhelm me. Um, but I've been thinking about Tammy and her fucking, like, supermodelness um, lately, especially with the dieting that I sometimes do, um, just because, like, I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely old Hollywood in the way that I'm like, yo, if I need to lose 15 pounds in 15 hours, <laughs> I mean, like, that's not, that's not r- realistic, um, that if I need to lose weight really quickly, like, I'm not, you know, not saying that it's healthy, but I'm not opposed to crash dieting because I know that my body is malleable in the way that it allows me to do that because I spend so much time um, being good to it and being healthy. Um, and it's all about balance. Um, but yeah, luckily for me, I got an early, early birthday present um, and, and got the money that I was expecting like that day that I would have been like potentially stranded in San Cristobal um, de las Casas. Um, I, I got the money that I was expecting that I wasn't expecting at that moment. So I was like, fuck it. And, um, Ananda was being so fucking rowdy. And I don't know if it was just like in the order of things, the way that they were supposed to go, or if that was like the plan from the beginning, but she had given me her, like the apartment key and she had invited me to move in with her. So she was like, we're roommates already. We're family, blah, blah, blah. 
because um, I told her about the issues that I'd been having. She gave me the key and she was like, here. And I realized that even though the whole world had migrated to San Cristobal de las Casas, like, it was cold at night and that I didn't want to be there. Um, and that I still had the house key to an apartment that I was very much, like, invited to. So I left. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this is cold. Um, you know, and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be around fucking, uh, you know, like, I was basically, like, they, they got the Airbnb without me, and then all of a sudden, Ananda was acting like she never said any of those things that she said, she was like, oh, well, I guess you have to pay your part, but by that time, the energy was so weird that it would have been weird for me to stay with them, um, so even though I got the money that I was expecting when I wasn't expecting it, and I could have paid for it, I was like, no, fuck this, just give me my suitcase, I'm gonna just leave, and I did, I left, and I went back, and I fucking, you know, I stayed, I don't know how long I was in, I was in, uh, Lenata, um, just, like, de, what's it called, decompressing everything that had happened over the last few weeks, because it was, like, eight weeks of hell, I don't know if it was eight, it could have been closer to six, um, but it was, like, from the time that, um, I left Mexico City, and um i i shit posted the entire third season just because i didn't want anything else to do with it and it was weird um and that's when the jump in the numbers went up was like when i was still in mexico city and i was like oh i don't know what the fuck is happening but i'm gonna go hide or something and that's how i ended up <laughs> um where i ended up um was actually because i went to puerto escondido first because i wanted to go surfing um but then it was like tourist season or beginning to be and like all the apartments that I could afford were getting like scooped up um so like I couldn't I couldn't find anything in in uh PE Puerto Escondido um which is also a place that I like but is very touristy because it has like some of the the most beautiful um places for surfing possible um I got like my first big wave in Puerto Escondido like 15 feet and it was gnarly. <laughs> it was a gnarly feeling. And um yeah, that that's where I wanted to be because I was like, yo, I I wanna get I wanna be able to take a wave that big like regularly. Um, which I can't, you know. I just kinda got lucky. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god and then it was over because that's how like it's a very short break, um, at that beach. Um but yeah, this is a this is a, like a two hour episode. I've been talking for two hours. I've not made my croissant, which is, um, but there are certain things, I guess, um, that have been reoccurring to me, um, especially in the coming of this season, which is the most to date organized as it ever has been. I've been thinking about Anander a lot. I've been thinking about Ollie. Um, Ollie actually, Ollie died right at that time, like right at the, um, right after the third season like right in the middle of it and what's weird is the day that he passed away was a day i think i think it was like a it was like a really weird day i was in mexico city and i didn't do anything um i think i fasted and like didn't even go get groceries like i just like stayed in bed um like half sleeping um and i didn't know i didn't know of course what was happening on the other side of the planet but that was the day that he left and I've been thinking about Ollie a lot, um, even, like I said, to the point where sometimes it feels like I'm being haunted by the ghost of my des- best friend. Um, you know, one of my best friends. I've had a few best friends, um, you know, but that's the sad thing about being not super Cree, because um, I'm, I'm really not. Like, as, as much as I sometimes want to be or even need, 
Um, you know, that character just kind of became a character. Um, the less, the less of me there was in it because I became such a, uh, an alternate person, you know, like working out every day and eating healthy. Um, not that I could ever, you know, change my history and what's happened. Um, and I wouldn't be who I am without Super Cree, but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm just not, um, you know, so it's very much a, very much a different person to me. Um, and, and just kind of like revisiting this legend because like, honestly though, when I sit down and I think about it and I write about it and I reflect like this story is fucking epic. Um, it really is like that whole fourth season was gnarly. And then the fifth season was actually even kind of funny. Um, and I hate Las Vegas, but the fifth season, um, the fifth season was kind of funny. Um, in the way that it, it did have this whole, um, you know, turning point. And it's weird because, like, ever since the fourth season, all, um, the follow- all the concurrent seasons have taken place in a different city. Um, so that is to say that season seven has been in New York. Um, season eight has been in New York. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm trying to put my projects, projects with an S together in a way that makes sense. Um, that I'm actually, like, working and making everything happen. Um, but it's just coming on so slowly because it is so much work. And I can't really, I can't afford to pay anybody to help me. Um, like, you know, organize these seasons or, like, start scouting. Or even, you know, even so much as getting a booking agent. Um, um, so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it is, um, yeah. Um, now it's time to dive into Ableton. It's around one in the morning. So I'm just like, yeah, um, I need to start working, but that needed to come out, I guess. I've been thinking about Tammy because it ended so badly, so sad, um, where it's just like, well, they got the, the Airbnb and I got the money I was, um, expecting. So I went and got a hotel, but then I realized I was like, I don't want to be in San Cristobal because everybody that was just where I was at for all those, for all that time is here. And I don't want to be around these people. Um, I don't want to be around anybody, so I I pretty much just locked myself up at Lenata, which has like an ocean fucking view, and a fucking um, <laughs> you know, a, a hammock that I could actually enjoy. Actually, I think I I took my same hammock, but you know, it's it's kind of crazy how you can take the same hammock and put it in a different place and it becomes heaven, where it was once your hell. Um, so yeah, maybe that was the whole point of this. Um, yeah, that's the end of this episode, I think. Um, Tammy, Tammy just didn't want me in the Airbnb. I didn't want to be in the Airbnb. I was like, fuck it. Like, and then Ananda was just like weird. Like she was just like, you know, like, I guess she, I, she, I guess she really was playing devil's advocate because she was telling Tammy something completely different about me than she was like, she was being different with Tammy than she was being different with me. So like, I, I, you know, females. I don't necessarily always understand, but like I said, an Anander is somebody that grants all your wishes and fucks you over immensely um, and teaches you a lesson and then gives you a consolation prize for fucking you over and it, and it works out in your favor anyway. So, I mean, like, is Ananda a good character? Yes. She's, she's like, the best thing that can happen to you. Um, she's also, like, not the greatest to always be around. <laughs> Um, a very, very difficult person to, to deal with. Um, and at, at the end of the day, Amanda, as a person, as like her real life person, I love her to pieces and I always will. Um, 
so I do I do feel like checking up on her but I like I said I'm kind of in an artist's bubble where I'm not I like I don't really want to talk to anybody but God um you know I don't really want to fucking make friends necessarily you know um I'm making connections very slowly in my in my realm in my DJ world you know I've got a gig coming up and hopefully this time it'll go smoothly um cross my fingers I don't want to jinx it I mean but um you know the the promoter of that place is is pretty cool and like I said I like the opportunity to actually play the kind of music that I want to play instead of just being like a, a like you know uh a working DJ which the the reality of being like a working DJ is like you're gonna play weddings you're gonna play top 40 you're gonna play fucking in places that you don't want to you're gonna play for crowds that suck you know and I've learned that um but you know um I made a lot of choices in the beginning of my life that made my my um career choices like very narrow like I can't really do anything else (laughs) um you know that's gonna make me the amount of money that that's gonna make me you know and I'm gonna be miserable um trying to pretend like in season five you know I was just like fuck music fuck being a dj uh I'm just gonna work at a gym and and fucking at least I can work out and that it didn't work out because I was constantly reminded um we'll do another episode for the fifth season but that was a I think that was a summary of the fourth basically because the fourth ended right after that like I um you know I stayed at Lenata a few weeks and then Ananda left um I I went back to the United States and then you know again was fucking homeless um so you know that's the fifth season um that that's the fifth season after that um so yeah the fourth season was nuts um the more that i think about it the more that i actually think about the the inner workings of the fourth season i'm like holy shit but i still do think about tammy especially when i see supermodels that look you know just a little bit like her i'm like oh man like i really wish that i had of uh i guess i wish that i had of handled that differently like it couldn't have gone down any other way but like I've never really I don't really look back on things and be like oh if I had done this or if I had done that but for some reason with Tammy that I do like (laughs) because I really liked her um you know without other things getting in the way fucking hey I hate what fame does to people um because I think she was being more reflective of like things that she had seen in her time being famous than of who I am and I know that because I know who I am um you know so I think she was more just being like very reflective um which makes me sad um just because you know you hear it from rich people you hear it from famous people like people you know come out of nowhere and they want to be your friend but it's, it's only because you have money and it's only because you have fame and you can make them famous you know you have clout there are people who come out of nowhere that just want the fame but you know I've said it before and I'll say it again anybody that have name dropped in this series I've almost wished that they were as broke as I am just so that I could have a chance with them <laughs> like you know and that's not something to wish upon somebody but I'm just like yo dude like if you worked at Walmart I'd have you right now <laughs> like you know um that's you're that you're my type um but that that I'll end on that note um just cause I'm like oh then I'm not trying to fucking be famous I'm not trying to be around you because you're famous. I'm trying to be famous so I can be around you because you're that fucking delicious to me. <laughs> um, you know, and if it were any other way, you know, you could work at the fucking Walgreens. <laughs>
you know. Anywho, alright, that's it.